Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning and welcome to our show number 659. Remember the story of the missile thrush? It was on the 9th of December when Peter Gadd noted a strange bird in his New Brunswick, Canada backyard, and he said, Okay, that's a little different. Neither he nor his wife, both active birders, could quite figure it out, so they contacted some regional bird experts who ID'd the bird as a missile thrush. That's M-I-S-T-L-E. A species never before reported in Canada nor anywhere else in North America, for that matter. This robin-sized thrush is well-known in Western Europe and Britain and Ireland, likely arrived in Canada by strong winds from the east. Not surprisingly, birding visitors have arrived there in northern New Brunswick in large numbers to look for this missile thrush, and by the end of December, the Gads had hosted nearly 350 visitors in their yard from six Canadian provinces and 19 U.S states. And we mention this again now because there's now a pretty cool video of the bird feeding on berries in the Gad's backyard on our Talking Birds Facebook page. You can also find that video through a YouTube search. We're going to give a little preview here of our mystery bird contest. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty here this morning, so we hope you'll bear with us on that. But our mystery bird contest We'll be coming along a little bit later in the show, and this is a a little preview of that with a couple of clues. And by the way, we have another beautiful prize pack to give away this morning, including our Droll Yankees Window Mount Songbird Feeder. Gives a clear view of the birds right at your window and holds a couple of cups of seed or fruit or those always delicious and nutritious mealworms. Bonus prizes from our friends at Audubon Park, It's the Audubon Park Woodpecker Prize Pack. Consisting of a woodpecker seed cake and a woodpecker bar and premium trail mix blend. 4.75 pounds worth. And another bonus prize this morning. A download of your very own LarkWire app. That's the award-winning app for mastering bird sounds while having fun doing it. Prizes there in our quiz coming up in just a little bit. Our mystery bird is a dark and handsome, medium-sized raptor found in the southwestern states where it hunts in twos and threes or more for mammals that the group members surround or flush for another to catch or take turns chasing. Our bird is dark brown overall with a dark white-tipped tail, a white rump and undertail, and chestnut red coloring on the upper legs and shoulders. 
That's our mystery bird, and that's just a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along in uh, just a, a little bit. Extra, extra, read all about it. Meanwhile, here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. This is pretty amazing. Wisdom the Albatross is going to be a mother yet again at the age of 67. That's right, 67. We'll hook you up with the story from National Geographic. In Australia, there are some raptors known as firebirds. Check our page for the story that shows why they are aptly named. A big comeback success story for the trumpeter swan. Find the details on our Facebook page. And, are you afraid of ducks? <laughs> well, you're not the only one. See what we mean on our page right now. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page. You can also find those stories through an online search. On our blog this week, a new study indicates that birds, when exposed to constant loud noise, respond pretty much the way humans do and show signs of chronic stress. Read more about it on this week's blog, edited by our own Debbie Bleacher and easily found at TalkingBirds.com. Our conservation salute of the week goes to the small and beautiful Central American country of Belize, which has just made history by enacting a bill that will place an indefinite moratorium on offshore drilling in the country's marine territory. The action designed to safeguard invaluable marine environments including the second longest barrier reef in the world, which runs along Belize's coast. So a Talking Birds conservation salute to Belize, along with the tens of thousands of Belizeans who've been involved in the effort there for the past seven-plus years. And now the award for the best conservation idea ever, if it works. A team of scientists at MIT has found a way to give plants the ability to produce light. The research is new, but the scientists say that bioluminescent plants may someday light our streets and our parks and even our homes. Research leader Dr. Michael Strano says plants are made of carbon dioxide and consume carbon dioxide, so they are doubly carbon negative and there's no need for a source of electricity. And if the plants die, they can simply be composted. There it is, the best conservation idea ever, if it works. We'd like to say a big thank you to another new Talking Birds ambassador. That's Ed Mayer from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ed says, just stumbled upon your podcast, been listening all day, love the show, found that it's on WATD, that's our flagship station here in the South Shore, on the South Shore of Massachusetts. He says, that's on the radio app I use, so I'll be able to listen live, but I still have quite a few podcasts to listen to. I plan on handing out the cards to people I meet on my birding travels. Thank you so much, Ed, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. And Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll consider joining Ed and becoming part of our Talking Birds ambassadors family. Easy to do, easy to sign up for. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. What we'll do then is send you some little cards to hand out to your friends and associates to spread the word about the show and about birds and conservation. That's the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button 
at TalkingBirds.com. No G in talking. Still to come on our show today, Colorado State University biologist Dr. Cameron Gallimbor will join us to tell us some pretty fascinating things about a group of birds many of us love to watch at our backyard bird feeders, nuthatches. Plus, Mike O'Connor from Cape Cod's world-famous Bird Watchers General Store will be here to regale us to tell us about morning doves and something interesting about a sound that we hear morning doves produce. And find out there's really a reason for that sound and the variations in that sound. And up next, a small and secretive marsh dweller. No, not Mike O'Connor, is today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Uh, if you'll be a bear with us for just a moment here while we, uh, as we mentioned, having a little bit of technical difficulty here this morning. We're working on it right now. We have an entire team of uh, engineers uh, working to solve this uh, problem. And that will mean that we'll be able to bring you this this featured feathered friend segment in probably just moments from now. I feel us getting closer to it even as we speak. This morning's featured feathered friend, I believe, is ready. National Audubon describes today's featured feathered friend as small as a sparrow and quiet as a mouse. It's an elusive bird that fascinates researchers and frustrates birders. The smallest member of a family that includes coots and gallinules and moorhens, our bird inhabits a variety of salt and freshwater marshes dominated by grasses and sedges, breeding and wintering mostly in the southern U.S. The bird is the black rail. The black rail is not federally listed as endangered or threatened, even though its population levels are extremely low and appear to be declining dramatically. But several northeast states do list the bird as endangered or threatened. As is the case with many other birds, the black rail's name is a bit misleading. It's sort of more dark gray to blackish on the back, and its wings are speckled in white. The nape and upper back are chestnut brown, and the belly and flanks are dark gray. Although the black rail is generally quiet, it's definitely not always silent, as evidenced by this distinctive three-note territorial and mating call given by the male, mostly at night. The small as a sparrow and, usually, quiet as a mouse, black rail, Lateralis jamaicensis. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Well, thanks again for being with us on our show, and thanks for bearing with us. We're having some technical difficulties this morning, which we hope we'll iron out very shortly. And uh, once we do iron them out, I hope we'll be able to connect with our guests, Dr. Cameron Gallimbor, out at Colorado State University, where he's a professor in the Department of Biology. And he'll be here to talk to us about nuthatches, pretty amazing birds. And uh, 
Well, as we'll take away part of that interview ahead of time by talking about the fact that we have four nuthatch species here in uh, in North America, here in the U.S. Uh, the white-breasted nuthatch is one covering pretty much the entire country, almost the entire country of the U.S. and uh, parts of Canada, southern Canada. We have the red-breasted nuthatch, uh, a bird that can be found pretty much all over the entire country, depending on the season. A bird that we here in the lower 48 look forward to seeing in the wintertime coming down from Canada. There's the pygmy nuthatch way out in the west and southwest. And there's the brown-headed brown-headed nuthatch in the southeastern part of the U.S. So four, four nuthatches here, all of them well, they're attractive birds, but not really colorful. One thing that's pretty fascinating that we learned from uh, Dr. Gallimbor is about all the nuthatch species in other parts of the world, particularly in India. In that part of the world, there are actually dozens of species of nuthatches, and many of them really, really colorful, spectacular birds, uh, like the velvet-fronted nuthatch really spectacular colored birds. And nuthatches do some really unusual things. Of course, for one thing, uh, they go down the hatch. One way to remember which way they usually travel on a tree trunk, uh, in contrast to brown creepers, kind of similar birds, and they creep up. So we might get some insight if we can connect with our guest about uh, why it is that nuthatches go down the trunk of a tree instead of in the other direction. And they also exhibit some really amazing ways to avoid predators. Uh, the red-breasted nuthatch, for example, uh, has a habit of smearing sap on the entrance to its nest hole. So if some other critters are trying to get in there, it'll get caught up or messed up in that sap. And white-breasted nuthatches have a somewhat similar technique involving caterpillars. Yeah, pretty uh, unusual. And there's one thing that's even more unusual, and uh, we hope we'll get uh, Dr. Gallenbor to be here to describe this particular thing wherein uh, several of the nuthatch species have a way of avoiding squirrels, not by attacking them as some birds might do, but by doing something that's been described as getting into what looks like a, a trance-like state almost, where the female will spread her wings near the nest hole and sort of rock back and forth, if I'm describing it correctly. And for some reason, uh, I think pretty much unknown at this point, for some reason, that keeps the squirrel at bay. Whether the squirrel is afraid of that behavior or what, we're not sure, but it, uh, it kind of it kinda works in any case. Well, thanks again for being with us. We're... Uh, we're moving along here with some technical difficulties, so we'll continue on, and uh, we'll continue on with our show here on Talking Birds in uh, just a minute, possibly two. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name's Randy Alberts, and I'm calling from Austin, Texas. 
I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it was a simple, no-brainer way for me to feel part of the birding community. It makes me feel like I'm part of something bigger. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Well, Dr. Cameron Gallimbor is a professor of the Department of Biology, Colorado State University, and he is about to join us here on the phone. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we said we were having technical difficulties, and we're we're trying to make that very clear. So I think <laughs> I think we're doing that. But uh, Dr. Gallimbor is on the phone with us right now, I believe. Cameron, good morning. Yes, morning, Ray. How's it going? Uh, how's it going? It's going great. Other than as we said, we have some technical issues here. But uh, uh, thanks for bearing with us as we've thanked our our listeners for uh, doing the same. We've already kind of. Uh, uh, giving away some of the secrets that we had planned to talk about here about uh, nuthatches, but uh, um, maybe you can expand a little bit uh, uh, about that. We've described the species found here in uh, the U.S. and some of those techniques that uh, the red-breasted and white-breasted uh, particularly do to keep uh, predators away. But I wonder if you could further describe for us that sort of uh, squirrel predator avoidance technique. Um, that that this kind of a trance-like state, I think you said. Yeah. So, so actually, this was originally described uh, back in the '60s by um, a researcher named Lawrence Killam, and he referred to it as a as a distraction display, where the the birds would sort of hold their their wings open and and sort of sway in a in a rhythmic rhythmic way. I've seen it a few times, and, and it, it really does look like some kind of a, a trance-like state that the birds go into. Um, but it seems to be also very effective. Uh, the, I've, I've watched squirrels stop dead in their tracks, look at the, the bird displaying, which you would think the bird would be very vulnerable, but it, 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 it keeps the birds or the, the squirrels at bay, and, and they literally run away and, and, and don't come back. So I don't know what... It does exactly to the what, what's going on in the squirrel's brain, but it, it seems to work. Wow, pretty pretty amazing. Well, it, it makes you think some in, in a way about some some of these um, tropical birds that uh, um, do these really amazing mating displays. So, I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, that's 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 true. Uh, behaviors like that uh, that you know are effective and work uh, get reinforced over time and. Um, and you, you see that in the elaborate mating displays, uh, predator displays, of course, you know, some of the famous examples are things like little clovers that will do, and shorebirds that do a broken wing display when a predator gets near the nest and lure the predator away and then fly off, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. tricking them into thinking that, you know, they, they have an easy, an easy meal and then, uh, you know, get them to uh, keep their chicks safe. Mm-hmm. And, and really, uh, predators, I, I think you've done a lot of research about how the behavior of predators kind of has helped uh, nuthatches develop some of their avoidance techniques. Yeah, so, you know, uh, humans eat bird eggs and uh, lots of other animals do as well. And, and predation is the main reason why uh, most bird nests fail. And so birds have developed a lot of different strategies 
uh, for dealing with those predators, either putting their nests in places that are uh, difficult to access, camouflaging their nests, uh, changing their behaviors in ways that uh, maybe, you know, draw uh, less attention to the nest. Mm-hmm. And so it's... Um, it's a very strong selection pressure uh, that, that that birds face. And so nut hatches, one, one thing that as a group they seem to do is modify their, their cavity entrances. And um, I think you may have mentioned this to your listeners, that red-breasteds will bring the sticky copper resin and, and smear that around their cavities. Uh, white-breasteds will bring uh, various kinds of insects, caterpillars that have these irritating hairs on their bodies. Um, I've seen pygmy nut hatches uh, bring spiders and mm-hmm. smear them around, presumably because there's some noxious chemical in there that mm-hmm. uh, maybe deters predators. So lots of really, really interesting behaviors. Dr. Cameron Gallimbor is professor, Department of Biology, Colorado State University. Cameron, thank you so much. We have to make it a little shorter due to our technical problems here. But uh, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Our friends at Audubon Park remind us that they're counting on us. It's the time of year when birds really need nutritious, high-energy food to help them cope with cold weather. Look for Audubon Park wild bird food and be confident that you're providing the proper nutrition for your backyard visitors. Audubon Park is family-owned and food safety certified. And for the best photos, news, alerts, and more, sign up for Audubon Park's free e-newsletter sent to your inbox once a month. Sign up at AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Now a word from Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, attract, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. That's the sound of our mystery bird. Our prizes, wow, we'll do it this quickly because we are so behind time this morning. A beautiful Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder, an Audubon Park woodpecker prize pack, and a download of your very own LarkWire app to learn about bird sounds in a fun way. Our mystery bird is a dark and handsome medium-sized raptor found in the southwestern states where it hunts in twos and threes or more for mammals that group members surround or flush for another to catch or take turns chasing. Our bird is dark brown overall with a dark white tip tail, a white rump and undertail, and chestnut red coloring on the upper legs and shoulders. Uh, what is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Uh, to identify that bird or take a guess, because if no correct answer is received, well, as always, we'll do a drawing in that case and award our prize. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. And meanwhile, we're going to attempt to check in with Mike O'Connor, and I think uh, I think we're going to go directly to Mike, because I think we've already done our uh, two little breaks there, so uh, he'll want that music, of course. No matter... What's going on? Good morning, Mike. (laughs) 
Come on, I want to hear more about the Black Braille. Can you play that one more time? Uh, can we play it again? No, he says we can't. We can't play it a, a third time. Two is our limit on on, on playing those. Because you, know? you know you miss things the first time through. That's right. You always hear something better the second time exactly. around. Exactly. I'm glad you're going to always age it more money though. That's the trouble. <laughs> I'm glad you're with us on that. Listen, here's the sound that we wanted to talk about here. Oh, right, the, yeah. with the morning dove. The morning dove, I, that wing sound that they make when they take off. It's not I think just a lot a, of people, they go to fill their feeders in the morning, at least I do, and I kind of, I'm kind of in a grog, and I get my head down, and all the, you know, and the feeders are, no birds on them, and, and all of a sudden this burst of sound comes out because the morning doves are on the ground, and I didn't even notice that, and they take mm-hmm. off. And what they do when they fly, most birds have an alarm call, but morning doves have that cooing sound, which wouldn't allure anybody. So their wingtips are specially designed so when they fly, they give that squealy when they fly. And depending on the intensity, it actually will alert birds. If they're just normally flying, they did a test where they made some separate recordings. When they play the normal flight, that no other birds, no other does, no other bird species reacted. But when the birds are panicked, the intensity of that wingtip sound is magnified, and then all the birds take off because it serves as an alarm call for the doves and, and other mm-hmm. birds. The other birds, you know, just lock on to that. And so mm-hmm. when you go out and you, and you sound asleep to fill your feeders in the morning and that takes off, they're sounding the alarm that you're coming and that they haven't discriminated about the, that you're just sowing the feeders yet, but that's what's going on there. And they do it with their wingtips, not with any kind of vocalization. Yeah, just the wings uh, whacking together kind of thing, right? I think it's on the wing. I don't know if it's whacking together, yeah. but the air passing over the tips oh, the, of oh, the, the flight feathers passing. is more like that. All right, we'll have to examine that a little further. Mike, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, go get them, right? All right, we'll talk to you next week. Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatchers General Store. There's a part of our world that we pay little attention to. Here, an ant drags a seed five times its own size. A grasshopper devours a fresh leaf. And a bee sips from a drop of dew. And down here, toxic chemicals and carcinogens are leaching into our environment. They come from objects that we look past every day. Littered cigarette butts. Every one is a tiny, toxic waste site. And there are millions of them. Right where we live, work, and play. Let's stop the toxic litter. Learn more at RethinkButts.org. Brought to you by Legacy and Leave No Trace. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that. Works with private landowners to protect wildlife to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE. Or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Back here at the Mystery Bird Contest to identify this uh, bird and give away a beautiful batch of prizes. A dark brown, big raptor with a dark white-tipped tail, white rump and undertail, and chestnut red coloring on the upper legs and shoulders. Uh, What might that uh, bird be? Let's see if Deborah in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada, might have some insight into that for us. Deborah, good morning. Good morning. 
Wow, you sound. How are you? I'm, I'm great. You're you're bringing our energy level up just by your, by the way you're speaking there. Nice. Yeah, we just found your show and we love it. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, today is not a typical show. I have to say, we've had, uh, as we mentioned several times, I guess, we've had some technical issues that have kind of reconfigured the the uh, structure, you might say. But uh, that's okay. But thank you for for being with us, and we we're glad you found us and. And we're glad you're calling in on the Mystery Bird Contest, and we'll see if you'll be glad about uh, your answer, which is what? Uh, Harris's Hawk. That's the Harris's Hawk. I believe you're correct. Where's the audience? There's our audience. We want our audience to be much louder uh, for uh, for Deborah. She deserves that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes. Yes. I wish we had more time to find out what happens in Waterloo, Iowa, or rather, sorry, Ontario, and uh, birds up there. But we hope you'll call us uh, again, and we'll we'll talk again. Okay. Awesome. And stay in the line, Deborah. We'll get your address and send you those beautiful prizes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Guess what? We're out of time for this morning. Thanks again for bearing with us with our technical issues. Thanks to Mark Duffield, Debbie Bleacher, and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com by L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com by Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. BirdsAndBeans.com and by Chimani, visiting a national park, let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com <laughs>